she said, get increased on your mind, this congregation. God wants to increase you. Amen. He wants us to increase. Hallelujah. And not to decrease, but he wants us to increase financially. She was specifically talking about finances. And, um, you know, there's a vision that God has put in pastor's heart. And we need to increase personally so that we can be a blessing for that vision that God has for the city of Porterville, that God has for the city of Lindsay and Strathmore and Terrabella and Woodville and all the surrounding communities. God has a plan. He has a vision. He has a purpose for these these cities here. And guess what? We're all worth it. The people in this city are worth it. They're worth it. They deserve the goodness of God. They deserve to hear the word. Amen. They deserve to be blessed. Their families deserve it. God made them deserving. Amen. His blood made us worthy and there are people who need to hear what um what god has placed here at the river church amen they need to hear um that god is good that he has restoration for their families for their children for their marriages for their finances come on god has deliverance for this city amen thank you jesus for our own building hallelujah that building River Church, that building gives us a seat of authority. When we get into that building, we are taking a seat of authority here in this city. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so, praise God, this is our year for our building. That's what I keep saying. This is our year, a year to say and see. Amen. Amen. Are you saying what God has put in your heart? What has He put in your heart? Are you letting it come out of your mouth? Amen. Yeah. A year of great deliverance. The more you say it, the more you'll have it. Amen. So praise God. You know, nothing's too hard for God. Well, I couldn't say that. That would be too big. Nothing's too big for God. What are you believing God for? Amen. Write it down. You know, write the vision down. Praise God. Write it down. Make it plain. The Bible says, though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will surely come. God's word always comes to pass. If you'll hold fast, if you'll hold fast to his word, it always comes to pass. Amen. You cling to his word. He is a faithful God and he's a man of his word. He's a God of his word. He does not lie. So you hold fast to that word or those things that God has placed in your heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary. Well, I've been believing God for this for so long. Don't grow weary, but keep on keeping on, you know, keep the faith the, the switch of faith turned on, you know, back when I was a child, there was a uh, Christian singer, David Ingalls, and he used to sing a song, keep the switch of faith turned on. And I always thought of a light switch. Mm-hmm. Could have had a minister preach on it. I don't know. It sounds familiar now that I'm saying it. But, you know, you've got to keep that faith always on. Mm-hmm. Keep the unbelief and doubt out and That's keep right. the faith your switch of faith turned on. Yes. Keep it moving. And one way you do that is by keeping your confession going, keeping your praise going, thanking God. You know, after you're confessing, I thank you, Father, whatever you're believing God for, I believe I receive that job now, or I believe I receive my healing now, or I believe I receive restoration now. Yeah. Fully restored, fully restored. Amen. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the enemy tried to steal from you this year or last year, we declare restoration. Restoration. We declare healing and health 
over your bodies, restoration over your families, restoration over your finances, anything that was lost, the enemy has to restore it. Declare restoration. Amen. He has to restore those minds. He has to restore the cognitive abilities, the speech and language. The enemy, uh, he tried to discourage you and have you grow weary. But God, God is so good. It's so easy for him. It's so easy. Say it's so easy for God. So easy for him. Amen. So stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. You know, when we get in the natural when we step into the natural side of things and we start looking with our eyes or looking, uh, we're moved by our senses, you know, what we feel. You know, you get in the natural, things get hard. Yeah. Things are hard in the natural realm. Yes, they are. And it's important to stay in the spirit because in the spirit, we take care of things in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit, things are easy. Things are easy in the spirit. It's when the reason we can grow weary and tired is because we're in the natural realm. We're trying to take care of things in the natural. Mm -hmm. We're trying to handle it ourselves in our own hands. And instead of inquiring of the Lord, looking to Him, we're trying to do it ourselves. But we read earlier in Proverbs 3, in all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He'll direct you if you'll acknowledge Him. Amen. We know many of us, we want the Lord to lead us. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Or Lord, bless me. Lord, give me this business or put this into my hands. But we forget to go inquire of him. Lord, how would you have me do this? Lord, when would you have me do this? What is the timing for this? You know, timing is important when you are moving with God, when you're following his plan. You know, many times God can drop something in your spirit but the timing may not be there for that. But it's in there, and it's to prepare you. So you pray, Lord, is this the right timing? You know, and He'll show you. He'll show you, but you have to acknowledge Him and inquire of Him. Amen? So in the spirit realm, things are easy. You know, I was, I was spending my time with the Lord this last weekend, and, and the Lord said, one, two, three. That's how easy it is in the spirit. It's easy as one, two, three. It's easy as saying, one, two, three, it's done. Mm. One, two, three, it's done. Mm-hmm. If you'll stay in the spirit, it'll be easy. Right. Amen. It's when we get in the natural that right. things are hard. Amen. Yes. And so tonight we're going to talk about, um, you know, you can't stay in the spirit if you're not having a relationship with the Lord. If you're not putting a demand on yourself spiritually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. The spirit realm is real. And um, things are always happening in the spirit realm. Things are adjusted in the spirit realm. Did you hear me? Everything is is adjusted by the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. And whether it's good or bad. You know, the things that are happening in this world today, um, the thoughts, the ideas, the humanism, these are all influenced by the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. It's not influenced by man. Yeah. Right. Man is being influenced by the spirit realm. Right. He's being influenced by demonic, uh, by the devil himself, by hell itself. And so when we have all these crazy things going on in the world, you know, in our school systems and all these ideas, and, and you know, that is not man's idea. Right. It's coming through man. But it was influenced by the enemy. So whether you partake, um, 
Whether you decide to get in the spirit or not, it doesn't matter because that spirit realm, it's always working. If I could say it that way. The, you know, the, the enemy, he's always working things. He's always hitting people's minds with ideas, um, uh, media, songs, um, crazy things, you know, things that were like, how, what, what, how did this come about? Because the enemy is working and influencing people. Things are happening in the spirit realm, yeah. right? Well, it's the same thing with us, with, with God. God is moving in the spirit realm, but God needs us, just like the enemy needs man to get those ideas out. He needs man to, you know, uh, he has to influence man, and that's how those ideas come out, and that's why all these, these things are happening, you know. Well, God needs man. He needs our cooperation so we can get things taken care of in the godly realm, yeah. in the godly realm, here on earth. Things need to take place here on earth, and God needs our cooperation. We're co-laborers with him, right? So it's our job as Christians, it's our privilege, if I could say, to take care of things in the spirit. Yes, right. that's good. Amen. Because the enemy, he's doing things in the spirit all the time. Yeah. You don't see it. You may not know it, but he's always moving. Yeah. He's always trying to influence people. Yeah. He's influencing, influencing, influencing. He's an influencer. And when he influences those who are listening, they think it's their own idea, but it's not their own idea. Mm-hmm. That idea came from hell. Yeah. And, um, but God has ideas too. <laughs> yes. God has a plan too. And so it's our job to get in the spirit and say, Lord, what is your plan? Lord, what would you have me to pray for? What would you have me to do? Why? Because God's influencing. He'll influence us through his word. He'll talk to us in our spirits. You know, he's always wanting to, um, he always wants his plan to come to pass, Mm -hmm. but he needs our cooperation, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to put a demand on ourselves spiritually, right? Many of us will put demands on our bodies right? Man, I'm working out like four times a week now. You know, I climbed the mountain. You know, I think I climbed this little mountain. I call it a mountain. It's a hill twice. You know, woohoo. You know, I got to do more of that because it's really good, but I'm putting a demand on my body, right? We'll put demands on our bodies. We'll exercise. We'll put our demand on our bodies and our diet. You know, we won't eat certain things. We'll cut out certain things or drink more water. You know, what are you doing? You're putting a demand on your body. You're putting a demand on your body for health reasons, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe you want to look good, either one. But I say stick, stick with the health reasons. Those are the best. Maybe you put a demand on your, your finances. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you have some financial goals that you're working towards. And so you're becoming a good steward of your finances. Yeah. You're not spending money on, on your, you're not just swiping a credit card. What are you doing? You're putting a demand on yourself financially. I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to be a tither. Um, I'm going to give when the Lord tells me to give. I'm not going to buy something that I, you know, can't afford on plastic if I can't pay for it at the end of the month, right? You're putting a demand on your financial life, yeah. right? Well, what about your spiritual life? What are you doing spiritually? Are you putting a demand on your spiritual life? Mm. Just like you do your physical body, mm. you know, your finances. Um, what are you doing spiritually? So it's important that we develop good spiritual habits, right? Mm. And I want you to turn to Revelations chapter 2. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it's important to take care of our spiritual life to nourish our relationship with God and to fellowship with Him. Just like you work out, 
You know, some of you, you're, you're, you go to the gym, you've got a personal trainer. Well, I'm going to hear to tell you, you've got another personal trainer in the spirit. His name is the Holy Ghost, yeah. the Holy Spirit. He's your personal trainer and he wants, he wants to train you to hear his voice. He wants to train you to cooperate with him so you can get some things done. So you can get strong in your spirit, just like that personal trainer. He's pushing you physically to lift those weights and you go in the next time and then they're heavier and they're heavier and maybe, you know, it's the heaviest you can go. He's pushing you, right? Well, the Holy Spirit, he has things he wants us to do, but he needs our cooperation, yeah. you know, and if we're just lazy, you know, laying down on the couch, I don't want to, you know, if you just lay on the couch all your life, and you, I don't want to work out or I don't want to be, I don't want to move. You know, some people, I just don't want to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't want to move. Mm-hmm. It's too hard. I start to sweat. I get thirsty. Um, I, I start to feel dizzy. I don't want to move, right? Well, is that how you are in the spirit? Lethargic? I just don't want to move. I don't want to pick up my Bible. I don't want to talk to the Lord. I just don't want to. I'm, I don't want to move, right? But if we see somebody like that on the couch, right? These are the shows we see, you know, my something pound life, right? These people that they don't move, they don't get out of bed. They're not making movement. And what happens is it hinders them from living, from living, really. It really hinders them from even living like they're supposed to. They can't, they get to the point where they're so discouraged and down on themselves because they won't get up and move. They won't put a demand on themselves. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in the spirit. We don't want to be the spiritual, you know, something pound life laying in our bed mm-hmm. thinking, I don't want to move. Yeah. I don't want to eat right. I don't want to spend time with the Lord. You know, I don't want to take the time to make a movement. But see, God wants us to make movement mm-hmm. towards him, yeah. with him. We're in him. He's in us. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so everything you have to look at your life right now and say, is my life how I want it to be right now? Mm-hmm. Is it everything I want it to be? Is my spiritual life everything I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Is my spiritual life everything I want to be? See, some of us, we set goals for the year. What, this is what I'm going to do with my finances. This is, what I'm gonna, this is what I'm believing God for. But what about your spiritual habits? Mm-hmm. What goals do you have for your spiritual life? Mm-hmm. You know, this year I'm going deeper with God. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm going to make sure that I am spending time with the Lord um, every morning before I go to work or every night before I go to bed yeah. or whatever works for you. You know, I'm not talking about being legalistic, but that there, this year, I'm going to fall more in love with Jesus. Good. This year, I'm going to fall more in love with my Savior and my Lord. This year, I'm going to be a witness for Jesus. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Mm. What goals do we have spiritually? It's important because it's the spiritual things in life that matter. It's the spiritual things in life that will make a difference and an everlasting difference, an eternal difference. And the other things are good too, taking care of yourself physically, your finances. Those are all important too, but it's important to first and foremost, take care of your spiritual life. Amen. Amen. Uh, If my life isn't everything I want to be, I want it to be. I must look at my spiritual habits and my spiritual hunger for God. Revelations 2, verse 2. And this is the Lord. And he's talking to churches here. 
Praise the Lord. I'm going to turn there actually in my iPad here. Revelations chapter 2, verse 2. And um, the, the top of my New King James Version says, calls this the loveless church. There's different churches that the Lord, well, an angel, the Lord through an angel is talking to. And here he's talking in verse, let's start in verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Verse 2, Revelations 2, 2. I know your works. Now this is red letter edition, so Jesus is talking. Mm-hmm. He's talking to this church at Ephesus. He's saying, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Those are all good, right? And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. You have found them liars and you have persevered. You have patience. You have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Wow. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? I mean, look at this church here. They, God knows their works, their labor. He sees that they're patient. He sees that they cannot bear things that are evil. These are wonderful attributes, wonderful attributes of a church, right? Of a person. And even through their laboring for the Lord's sake, for the, na- for the name of the Lord, they haven't become weary. So they're, they're still going. They're not weary. This church, they're going. They're going strong, right? But it says in verse 4, Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Look at this church. They're doing... The works of the Lord. They're being patient. They're laboring for God. They don't even like evil things. They're even strong. They haven't become weary. They're going. They're working for the Lord. They're serving God. But verse 4 says, Nevertheless, Jesus says, Despite all these things, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Verse 5, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. It's so important, church. We can do many, many things for the Lord and serve Him, and these things are all right. But Jesus is saying right here, you've left your first love. You've left... Who's their first love supposed to be? Jesus. Jesus is their first love, right? And here it's saying they're doing all these things. They're serving the Lord. But you know, you can start doing and doing and doing and doing and become busy and busy and think that, you know, God knows that I love him. I'm, I'm serving him. Of course, have a relationship with him. But just because you're serving God and doing all these things, doesn't mean that your relationship with God is as it should be. Those things will never take the place of us having an intimate relationship with God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so the Bible says they left their first love. Jesus said, you left your first love. That word first, it um, it means first in rank. It means the chiefest love. 
It means foremost in time, foremost in place. You see, everything in life has a place. Everything in life should be prioritized. And the number one priority that we should have is our relationship with Jesus. He is our first love. My job's not my first love. Um, my spouse is not my first love. My kids are not my first love. Now, they're, they're loves, my kids, my husband, they're my loves, but they're not my first love. Right? Jesus is my first love. And we have to be so careful, River Church, as we are learning to keep pace with God. Through this season, I believe we're getting ready to move into things where, you know, some of you, you're coming up to a place, Pastor and I have asked you to do some things, and you're going to be moving into these new arenas for your life, um, new arenas in the church. And you have to be careful. We all have to be careful that we don't get into this task-minded doing this, doing this, doing this, and we forget about our relationship with Jesus because we're doing all these things for the Lord, but we're not spending any time with the Lord. You know, you can even go to church, and church ought to be your number one priority after, Lord, I'm spending my time with you. You're you're my first. You're my top rank. Mm -hmm. See, there are things that, that have to be prioritized, and your relationship with Jesus, top ranking. Nothing supersedes my relationship with Jesus. Nothing. And it's so easy to allow things to come in. And before you know it, your relationship with Jesus, it was top rank. But now you're doing this. Then you got this. And then you got this. And it keeps on moving down. You know, the time that you're spending with the Lord becomes less. Now you've skipped a day, two days. Uh Uh-oh, it's been a week since I read my Bible. It's been a it's been two weeks since I sat on my on. chair and had coffee with Jesus and talked to the Come Lord on. and spent time with Him and listened to Him, yeah. right? Because, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, I remember when Pastor Marcus and I fell in love. That's what the world calls it. You fell in love. We would talk for hours and hours and hours on the phone. We would talk for hours and hours and hours when we would go on a date. What did we talk about? I really couldn't tell you. I just know we talked about anything and everything because we were so in love with each other. And I just enjoyed being around him. And I know he enjoyed being around me. (laughs) He would pick me up. And every time he picked me up for a date, he always had a little gift. Pick me up in in his Amigo. He had a white Jeep Amigo. I just thought, man, that is the coolest car I've ever seen. That was part of my... My drawing to him. I'm like, wow, I've never seen a car like that in Porterville before. Good old Porterville. I was at Porterville College. Amen. Pastor Marcus calls it Harvard by the Highway. And it was a good school because that's where I met him. And we have some good memories there. But <laughs> he would bring me a gift. He would pick me up in his Jeep, bring me every time he picked me up, he had a little present for me. He'd bring me flowers, you know. He never came empty-handed. That's your first love, you know, just like Jesus. When you go to Jesus, when you spend time with Jesus, you're just talking to him about anything and everything that's on your heart. You're sharing with him about your day. And then don't forget, you're listening. And you're listening to what he's telling you, right? You're, you're not forgetting those first works, how you were so in love with Jesus when you first came to know him. 
how you'd spend hours worshiping God. You know, back in our day, they didn't have media, social media. Um, we didn't have cell phones. We had one Christian channel. <laughs> there was no internet. So we had TV and there was one Christian channel, I think at that time, and it was TBN. That's the only thing we had. So our channel, when we got married, we first got married, oh man, we, we were in love with each other, but we were in love with Jesus. You know, when you're in love with Jesus, you're going to be more in love with each other. Amen. And so I remember I'd come home and at night, and Pastor Marcus and I, we'd turn on TBN and there was John Osteen when he, you know, he was still alive then. And we'd be watching John Osteen and then they'd have people singing and we'd, we'd just lift our hands in our, in our little tiny apartment with this couch I think we found by the side of the road. <laughs> Pastor Marcus says dumpster. I don't know. But um, here we are sitting on this little couch, you know, that we found, and we're just worshiping Jesus. We were so in love with Jesus. And then we had a little balcony. I remember when we finally were able to move from our one-bedroom apartment to a two-bedroom. We had been believing God for a two-bedroom apartment. We're like, woohoo, we're moving on up. And it was on the second story. So the second story had vaulted ceilings. So, man, we really felt rich, you know, because we had vaulted ceilings. And so here we were up on the second story, uh, second story, two bedroom apartment and that had a balcony. And I remember Pastor Marcus would sit out there and just worship God. And we would just worship the Lord together. But we were so in love with Jesus, right? So you got to go back to, and it says here, it says, remember where you have fallen. You know, remember, don't forget all the good things God has done for you and and how much in love you were with him. And don't get so busy, 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 right? And when you do, repent and go back to the first works. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, repent and do the first works. Go back to those things that kept you on fire for God. The times you'd read your Bible, worship the Lord, listen to the word, talk to Jesus. There, see, there are things that kept you hot for God. And Jesus says, don't forget those things. Go back and do the first works, right? Praise the Lord. Verse 7 says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen? Mm -hmm. And he says that after each time the angel speaks to the church on behalf of Jesus, Jesus is speaking. He says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. It's one thing to take what God is saying and let it just go right on through. Right. It's another thing to take what the Spirit of God is saying and hear it and do it. Good. And hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you, what the Spirit of God is saying to me, what the Spirit of God is saying to the River Church. He said, don't leave your first love. And if you have, repent and go back and do the first works. Go back and do the first works. Don't get all, all on yourself, you know, all um, hard on yourself. Just repent. And you know what repent means? You go to the Lord and you're not just saying, God, forgive me, but you're actually turning away. And see, River Church, we have to turn away from distractions, things that have kept us from those first works. Because this world now, here we are in 2021, back when Pastor Marcus and I got married in 1995, there were distractions, but they were nothing like they are now. The distractions, the social media, the fact that you have a basically a computer in the palm of your hand is a huge distraction. But basically that you can take your phone in a store and talk to someone is a huge distraction. 
because you can become so disconnected from the world in the sense of the people around you because we're so distracted. You can also become very disconnected from Jesus because you always got that phone in your hand, right? And so it's so important to remember the first works. Don't leave your first love. Jesus is our first love. Amen. And, you know, just like young people who fall in love, the Ephesians, they fell hard after Jesus. When they first came to Christ, oh, man, they, they fell hard after Jesus. But, you know, just like anybody, you can start becoming complacent, busy, busy, busy. You can start to lose your zeal for God. You can start, see, what happens is you start to choose other things over your time with him. Busy, busy, busy. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. So if you have the Amplified on your device, you can read along with me or you can listen. But Luke chapter 10, verse 40. So we don't want to become too busy, busy, busy. We don't want Jesus to say, I have this one thing against you. You've left your first love. I don't want to hear those words from Jesus. I want to make sure I'm keeping myself stirred up in my relationship with the Lord, that I'm taking the time to keep him top priority. He's number one on my list, my time with Jesus. And I can't allow when distractions come, when um, things come, worries, cares, those can also distract you. Um, Things that are bothering you about your children, your family, your job, those, those concerns, those cares, those are distractions too. And they will keep you from spending time with the Lord. Or even if you go to try and spend time with the Lord, they're on your on your mind. Right. So here in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, this is Mary and Martha. I love this story because they're coming to sit. Uh, Jesus is coming to their house. And so they are getting ready. But in in verse 40, it says Martha. Now, this is in the Amplified overly occupied and too busy was distracted with much serving. So here's Martha. Jesus is coming to her house, but she was overly occupied and too busy. You know, I know love what brother Hagen, you say busy, busy, busy. And we don't want to be, I don't want the Lord to look at me and say busy, busy, busy. And he has done that to me. Busy. You're too busy. And when you get busy, guess what happens? You get too tired. Too busy, too tired, distracted. You're not up to par spiritually like you should be. Remember, we're talking about the spirit realm. There's things that need to happen, things that need to take place. We have to take care of things in the spirit. If we're too busy, we're too tired, we're getting distracted with other things that are, it's taking our attention away from our time with the Lord. And so she was distracted and she came up to him and said, Lord, Is it nothing to you that my sister has left me alone to serve? In other words, here I am doing all this by myself. All this by myself. Tell her to help me. To lend lend a hand and do her part. You know, have you ever felt like that? You know, so-and-so, they're not doing their part, right? But the Lord said to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You know, when you're distracted... When you're busy, when you're not spending time with the Lord, you're going to be anxious and troubled. And I find it interesting that it says about many things, (laughs) not just one thing, 
but because you're not spending your time with the Lord, because Martha didn't sit down with Jesus, take time to be with him. She got distracted. She was overly occupied, too busy, occupied with all the things that she needed to get done. She thought that they were more important than sitting with Jesus. She thought her tasks, her um, chores that needed to be done were more important than spending time with Jesus. And she was distracted by them. And Jesus said, you're anxious and troubled about many things. When we get distracted, see, and this is the, this is the plan of the enemy. But we live in a world anyway, so you're going to be distracted. You're going to have to really fight distractions. But the enemy will also send distractions. Like right when you're getting ready to spend time with the Lord, your phone rings. Someone texts you and says, hey, call me. Or someone knocks at the door. Or, you know, different distractions come. And you have to realize there are times when I'm getting ready to do something with the Lord and my phone rings and I just turn it over and I don't answer. Or I get a text. Those are times I'm like, I'm putting my phone away because I know it's a distraction. And too many distractions will cause you to be anxious and troubled because instead of spending time with Jesus, you're distracted. So don't think it's a distraction just, to, oh, well, you know, it's just a distraction. Um, it's going to take me from my time with the Lord. It will, but it will also cause you to be anxious and troubled about many things. Right? So it's so important. And then it goes on to say, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. There is... I, my paper's stapled together, so I can't see it. <laughs> um... Need of only one of a but or a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, yes. that which is to her advantage, yes. which shall not be taken away from her. You see, it is to your advantage to spend time with Jesus. It's to your advantage to sit, sit down at his feet. And the enemy would try to tell you, you're wasting your time. You've got too many things you've got to do. You don't have time to, spend t- to get down on your knees. You don't have time to read your Bible right now. You're too tired. You don't have time. But Jesus told Martha, Mary has chosen the good portion, and it's to her advantage. See, there will be an advantage for you. Come on, River Church. When you start spending time with Jesus, when you take the time to put away the distractions. See, Mary, she put away the distractions. Mary, she wasn't overly occupied and too busy. She could have been, but she chose. I love what Jesus said. She chose the good portion. It's a choice. Spending time with Jesus, it's a choice. It's not, well, if I have time, I'll do it. No, it's a choice. Yes. I'm putting it into my daily yes. schedule. Yes. It's a, and I'm not going to do it at 11 p.m. when I'm going to bed because I know, and I've done this before in, in the past, you know, you can't keep your eyes open. Well, I was just trying to spend time with Jesus, but I'm so tired. Well, you're doing it right before bed, mm-hmm. right? That's the only time you're doing it. So make sure you choose a good time. See, Mary chose the good portion. She chose to spend time with Jesus, which was to her advantage. And I love what Jesus said, which shall not be taken away from her. Praise the Lord. In other words, there's an eternal value there. Hmm. You know, when you're spending time with Jesus, well, he's just pouring into you. And you're pouring out your heart to God. And he's pouring himself 
into you. He's talking to you. He's encouraging you. He's strengthening you. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. You're getting joy. You know, if you don't have joy, it's because you're not spending time with Jesus. If you're looking for joy in a job, in your spouse, if you're looking for a relationship to make you happy, um, uh, going to in a career to, to fulfill your life, these things will never provide the fulfillment that you're looking for. You will not find joy in those things. There may be a temporary, you know, yeah, I'm happy that I'm doing this. But joy is something that there's a force of joy that can flow out of your life continually. And it comes from spending time in his presence. I love what that says in Psalm 1611. Your presence in your presence is a fullness of joy. So it's not just a low, I got a little bit of joy. I got about halfway joy. There's a fullness of joy. You can be full of joy. Where do you find joy for your life? In his presence. Spending time with Jesus, worshiping him. You're not just doing it at church. You're not just lifting your hands at church. You're doing that, but you're also doing it at home by yourself with your kids. You're teaching your kids. Let's, let's worship the Lord right now. Let's pray right now. Let's read our Bibles. Let's talk to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And it goes on to say in Psalm 1611, let me read the whole verse actually. Psalm 1611, you can turn there. Praise the Lord. Joy and fulfillment cannot be found in any activity, in any person, any place, or by obtaining things. Joy and fulfillment for your life. Let me me say it, it real plain here. Joy can only be found in walking out the plan of God for your life. And you're not going to know the plan of God unless you spend time with Jesus. Amen. Part of the plan of God is to have a relationship with him, (laughs) to love him and allow him to love you. He loves you so very much. He's got so many good things for you. If you'll come and sit at his feet like Mary did. We don't want to be a Martha. We want to be like Mary. Amen. So Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. Look at this. God's going to show you what path to take in your presence is fullness of joy. It's interesting that God showing us the next step is always often related to being in his presence, inquiring of the Lord, right? We read that earlier, trusting in him, acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll direct your path here. If when you're, when you're inquiring of him, he's going to direct your path here. It's you're spending time in his presence. He'll show you the path of life Mm -hmm. at your right hand. There are pleasures Mm -hmm. forevermore. Mm -hmm. Praise God. In his presence, there's a fullness of joy. Amen. We may, you know, you may go through a season where you feel dry spiritually. It doesn't matter what you feel like. You just spend time with the Lord. Well, I tried reading my Bible. I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. That's a lie from the devil. Well, I tried to worship God and it just didn't seem like, it just felt like it was just so dry. You just keep worshiping God because you're not moved by feelings. You're a faith person. That's right. You're a faith person. You're not moved by feelings or, um, you know, uh, having goosebumps. You know, oh, I felt Jesus today. You know, we're not moved by those things. Those are, that's, you know, fleshy. That's carnal. If I were to look to those things, I'd never spend time with the Lord. But uh, let me tell you this. I want to encourage you. Once you start stirring yourself up and you start to drink (laughs) of the river of life, which is Jesus, you start spending time with him. My goodness, soon you are just, it may start out dry, 
but soon you're going to hit, like Brother Hagin say, you're going to hit a gusher. You just start spending time with the Lord. Don't be moved by, well, it just feels dry. I don't care. You may have to do it in the flesh. There's a lot of things that we step out. You know, we step out in faith. We may do something, start in the flesh, but you'll end up in the spirit. Amen. Amen. So maybe you're reading your Bible. But say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do this in the spirit. I'm going to do this by faith. Lord, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to worship you. Lord, I just want to talk to you today. How I love you, Jesus. I just worship you, Jesus. You're everything to me, Jesus. I'm nothing without you. I'm so grateful for for your guidance, Lord. And I'm acknowledging you in all of my ways because I want to follow your path, not my own path, Lord. And then you got to be quiet. Lord, what would you have me do? And you listen to what he says. And you follow that leading, right? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, you'll find answers. Mm -hmm. You'll find answers for your life when you spend time with him. Mm -hmm. If you don't spend time with him, how are you going to know what to do? Mm -hmm. You're not going to have answers, right? If you're not acknowledging him, you're not going to have answers. Mm -hmm. So then you start doing your own thing, bumping around like you're in the dark and you're going to be hitting your head, stumbling over things, doing the wrong thing, going the wrong way because you didn't acknowledge him. But God gives us his answer. Spend time with me. Choose the good portion. Mm -hmm. Choose the good portion. Put aside the distractions. Put aside the busyness of life. And choose to spend time in his presence. Mm -hmm. Amen. Make it fun. Sometimes I'll get a cup of coffee. Get out my journal. I start talking to the Lord. It's something that I I make it fun. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's I love it. And the more you do it, You know, the more you stir yourself up, the more stirred up you get. And then you want more of it. You want more of Jesus. And you become more hungry for God. And you become, man, it's so much fun to be in his presence. Oh, everything else is just subpar. It doesn't even measure up. You know, watch a movie or spend time with Jesus. Jesus! I mean, when when you start spending time with the Lord, you'll see, what a difference. Mm -hmm. The world has nothing to offer me. There is no fulfillment in the world's ways, their entertainment. There's no fulfillment there. There's nothing that brings everlasting joy and peace. But when I get in his presence and spend time with him, oh man, I love what Psalms 23 says, you know, in his, it says, um, his presence shall be my dwelling place. You know, Pastor Nancy wrote an amazing book, an amazing book on His presence shall be my dwelling place. If you haven't read that or you need to stir yourself up spiritually to spend time with the Lord, first of all, I would start saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm hungry for you. And then take the time to take take an action and spend time with Jesus. That's a great book to read. It'll just, oh, you read that book. You're just like, oh, it's such a great book. I love that book. Amen. So joy and fulfillment comes from spending time with Jesus. River Church, it's time for us to choose the good portion. Choose to spend time. It's a choice. It's a choice. And what you take in to your life, into your spirit, it determines the outflow of your life. It determines the outflow. So it's so important. What are you taking in? Are you taking in the busyness, your you're, you're, you're overly, you know, busy and you're occupied with other things or you, you know what? I need to spend time with Jesus. There are things in the natural that we have to do, right? There are things that are going to take your time, 
but make spending time with Jesus, that's my top priority. And nothing, nothing will get in the way. Not even a care. Not even a thought will get in the way. Because sometimes you can take on cares and worries. Those aren't going to even become a distraction. I'm going to cast my cares on the Lord. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to be like Mary. I'm going to choose the good portion. I'm going to go back to the first works. I'm not going to forget my first love. Not going to leave my first love. You know, the Amplified, it says, abandoned your first love. And when I think of abandoned, I think of a, a little child. You know, sometimes you'll see a show or a movie, and the little child was left at the doorstep. They were abandoned by their parents, right? Well, we don't want to abandon our first love, Jesus. We just put him over there and we just leave. Mm-hmm. No, he's done too much for us. Yeah. He's our father. He's our daddy. I want to spend time with my father. I want to climb up in his lap and say, Jesus, I love you. And give him a big hug and a kiss and spend time with him. You know, that's what you're doing when you're spending time with the Lord and you're worshiping him. Yes. And, man, it's just... Mm. It's so important. It's so important to spend time with Jesus. Amen. Amen. So important. Amen. So River Church, as we're learning to keep pace with God this year, put a demand on yourself spiritually. Maybe you've already been doing these things, you know. Praise God. But guess what? You can go deeper. You can go deeper with the Lord. You you can become more hungry for God. Amen. You can become more on fire for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has good things for you spiritually. He wants to show you some things. He wants to talk to you about some things. But if you're too busy and distracted, then you're missing what he's saying, right? And then you won't, you won't walk out that fulfilling life, fulfilled, a life of fulfillment filled with joy. Filled with joy, amen, and pleasures evermore. They're at his right hand in his presence amen it's the best place to live your life from you know you have to go about your daily life there's things you have to do but live your life from a place of um you're nourishing that relationship with the lord all the time you're spending time with him you're living that life from a place of being full of jesus your relationship is is strong with the lord it's not weak You don't want to have a weak relationship with Jesus where you don't even know what he wants you to do. You don't even know what he's saying because you haven't taken the time, right, to get to know him. Amen. So River Church, I just want to encourage you as we head throughout the rest of our week, stir yourself up. Say, I'm hungry. Say, I'm hungry for the things of God. I'm hungry for Jesus. I love Jesus. I love spending time with Him. He's my top priority. He's my first love. He's my first love. Hallelujah. He's my first love, Jesus. You're my first love. So grateful. So grateful for all that you've done, Jesus. You've been so faithful. Let's just lift our hands and just speak to the Lord and minister to him tell him how good he's been father you've been so faithful to us so faithful to our families lord oh we just worship you tonight we love you jesus we adore you there's none none like you father you've been so good and so faithful you brought us through time and time again father we just love you we love you with all of our hearts 
with all of our strength, with all of our might. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, you're everything. Jesus, you're everything. You're everything to us, Jesus. We just worship you, Jesus. Worship you, worship you. We love you, we love you. We love you, Jesus, our first love. Our first love. You're our first love. There's none like you. Nobody can take your place. No thing can take your place. And we won't allow any person or anything to take your place, Lord. Your first place in our lives. We value you. We honor you. Above all else, we honor you, Jesus. We honor you above all else, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We acknowledge you in all of our ways, Lord. Every step, Father, and you're directing our paths, and you make it all clear, Lord. Yes, you make all things clear. I thank you, Father, for clarity. I just, I just want to pray over you, River Church, for clarity. I thank you, Father, for clarity as they move forward. Father, I thank you that there's clarity Yes, in Jesus' name. Just acknowledge him and those things that you've been praying about. Just acknowledge him and say, Lord, what would you have me do? What step will I, do you want me to take next? And he'll give you, he'll show you what to do. Amen. You just acknowledge him. He'll make it all straight. The Bible says he makes the crooked places straight. Makes it all straight and all plain. There is no ever wondering or guessing with God. You don't have to wonder or guess. It's clear with Jesus. You spend time with him, he'll make things clear. You spend time in his word, he'll make things clear. He's your first love, amen. Well, River Church, we love you. We're so glad you've joined us. Don't forget this Sunday, we're celebrating our graduates, amen. We're so so pleased that they have you know, finished um, some goals that they have set. So come celebrate with us, and we will see you on Sunday, amen.